episode. As I posted up on Instagram before, I know I've been kind of MIA during the summer. Uh, I've been not really busy, but my days have been really occupied. And by the time I come home, I just want to chill out and relax. I've been falling asleep on the couch, actually. Even if I don't mean to fall asleep on the couch. But I said I got a couple left in the chamber before summer vacation is over. I technically go back to work. Oh my God, I go back to work next week, Wednesday. So I got the rest of this week and the first part of next week to really like chill out and relax. So like I said, I got a couple more in the chamber. So this is gonna be this isn't gonna be the last um, pod for the summer. Uh, I'll be doing a collab with a, my boy tomorrow. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night. And then hopefully I can get one more in with my boy later on in the week and do this martial arts podcast that I've been talking about to him for the longest. So at least be on the lookout for two more pods before my summer vacation's over. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying your summer. It's been a crazy summer. Uh, I know here in New Jersey, the weather has been going up and down. Like this week was actually pretty semi-decent week that we had. It wasn't blazing hot. But yesterday and today, humidity is picking, picking up. We had our early heat wave last month, so luckily we got that out of the way. Uh, but there's always a possibility before another heat wave to come, so that's that. But in any case, I actually wasn't really planning on doing a show today. I wasn't planning on doing one, but given recent events, within the pa- just within the past week or so, I felt... They need to talk about it so hopefully strap in i don't know how long i'm going to be on here so let's just get right into it i'm going to talk about the thing that's funny to me right now it probably shouldn't be funny to me right now but it is funny to me of course uh, many of us have been paying attention to the dealings with the government as well as with uh law enforcement so well not so much law enforcement but the courts um of course, I am talking about the indictment of those involved with the January 6th insurrection that happened last, no, not even last year, like in 20, 2020, um, one, holy crap, wait, is that, is that correct? Yeah, January 6th, 2021, and that's when the insurrection took place, so recently, many individuals have been indicted within the case, and most recently, Actually, this past week, former President Donald Trump was actually indicted on um, in in regards to the um, January 6th insurrection. Um, they've been adamant about trying to nail a lot of these guys for quite some time now. I believe since May, if I'm not mistaken. Um, a lot of them didn't get didn't get fully indicted until much recently. So, it's been a work in progress. I believe, um, I believe the prosecutor, if I'm not mistaken, his name is Jack Smith. He's been, he's been, you can, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's been, he's been on it. He's been trying to get these people, you know, pinned down for the longest time. And I know there's a great deal of people on both sides of the political spectrum that are, have their thoughts. People who are left-leaning, who are Democratic, have been waiting for this to happen. And majority of Republicans have also been... I mean, they've been opposed to this, but I think a good amount of them, at least those with common sense, have been looking forward to something like this happening. I mean, the only ones who are completely in the um, disapproval side of this thing are the people who have... um, who have a fully, fully backed um, Trump. I mean, if you uh, if you ask me, it's almost to the point where it's like, and many of you will probably agree with me, that th- th- is, um, people who support Trump have become a full-on cult. That's pretty much all I can say about that. That's literally all I can say about that. But just to really get into it, you know, Trump was charged with family racketeering and numerous conspiracy charges in the 41-count indictment. Which also named nineteen defend which also named which named nineteen defendants. A Georgia grand jury indicted President Trump, former President Trump, late on Monday. It, like I said, it was very recent. 
and charged him with fiddly racketeering and numerous conspiracy counts as part of a sweeping investigation into an effort by him and his allies to overturn the 2020 election. The 41 count indictment also names a number of people, which I'm going to get to. Um, among the best known moments, the pressure campaign against Georgia officials was called in, which Trump asked Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find the votes needed to beat Trump. Uh, we all know the conspiracy. We all know the situation behind trying to find the ballots that would certify or solidify Trump's re-election as president, but that, that, that wasn't the case. That was totally not the case, so... Um, like I said, the 41 indict, 41 count indictment also names a group of people. Um, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis enlisted a special grand jury to jury last year that heard testimony from 75 witnesses. Um, as I mentioned before, former President Trump was indicted on August 1st on four criminal, four federal criminal charges related to the certification of the 2020 presidential election. The, the indictment was filled in, was filed in the United States District Court of Dis for the District of Columbia and was set to be heard by Judge Tanya S. Chutkin. Trump pleaded not guilty, of course. Uh, just to give you guys, just to give you guys an idea of What's been a, the charges that have been alleged? The indictment was unsealed that same day it was announced, and the following charges against Car against Trump include conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonest fraud and deceit to obstruct the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Conspiracy to obstruct the certification of the electoral vote on January 6, 2021. Obstruction of the certification of electoral vote on January 6, 2021. And, of course, conspiracy to injure or press, threaten, and intimidate one or more persons in a free exercise and enjoyment of the right to vote and one's vote counted. I remember I remember the insurrection taking place and watching it and literally just saying to myself, they're, they're really just letting this happen. This is really taking place, and you know it's stuff that you would only see in the movies. And granted, it wasn't on a grander scale like it probably would have been in the movies. But it's the simple fact that you know we're watching all these people storm the Capitol, you know, all in an effort to try to overturn the election that was legitimately counted, for what it's worth. And people were injured. You know, there's people that, that were doing their jobs. I believe Congress is out even just like evacuated the building for their safety. Um, I know one insurrection was was shot and killed. You know, it's it's been it's been it was it was an insane insane day, and everyone on both sides of the aisle had to know that this day was coming. <laughs> Mugshots of former U.S. President, you know, Trump and 18 other people were taken as of late and we've all been taking the pictures of seeing the seeing the pictures of the mugshots um these individuals include former mayor of new york city rudy giuliani who who was bonded out of out of jail of course he has been charged with multiple counts as such as violation of the georgia rico act solicitation of a public officer to violate their oath which is three counts False statements in writings, which is also another three counts. Conspiracy to impersonate a public officer. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, which is two counts. Conspiracy to commit false statements in writings, two counts again. Conspiracy to commit filing false... And conspiracy to commit... Conspiracy to commit filing of false documents. As I mentioned before, he is bonded out. You'll find out majority, that the names are going to be reading out here. Majority of these people have bonded out of jail already. Uh, next up, we have Mr. Ray Smith, who was also bonded out of jail. Like I said, of course, he is a he is you know in violation of the Georgia RICO Act, solicitation of a public officer to violate their oath, three counts, false statements in writings, two counts, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, two counts, conspiracy to commit false statements in writings, two counts, and conspiracy to commit filing false documents number three is jenna ellis 
who is charged with violation of the Georgia RICO Act uh, and solicitation of a public officer to violate that um, also she's she's accused she's on she's been charged with two counts um and you will hear the word Rico a lot within me reading this because that's pretty much how they nailed all this so if you heard the word Rico before then more specifically if you heard the word Rico from the Dark Knight which is when Harvey Dent used it I have never heard of the term Rico um before so from what I understand Rico is when you're able is when you're able to charge not just one person of criminal acts, but anyone else who was involved with said criminal. So if you charge worse one person, you can charge all of them. Next up, we have Sidney Powell, who is, of course, charged with violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to commit election fraud, two counts, conspiracy to commit computer theft, conspiracy to commit computer trespass, conspiracy to commit computer invasion of privacy, and conspiracy to defraud the state. Next up, we have Kathy Lathan, in charged with violation of the Georgia Rica Act, um, impersonating a public officer, forgery in the first degree, false statements and writings, criminal attempt to commit filing false documentation, conspiracy to commit election fraud, two counts, conspiracy to commit computer theft, conspiracy to commit computer trespass, conspiracy to commit, commit computer invasion of privacy, and of course, conspiracy to defraud the state. We have Kenneth Cheesebro. Cheesebro. Same thing. Violation of the George Rico Act. Conspiracy to, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. Conspiracy to. Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree. Two accounts. Conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. Two accounts. Conspiracy to commit filing false documentation. David Schaefer, of course bonded, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, impersonated a public officer, forgery in the first degree, two counts, false statements and writings, three counts, his criminal attempt to commit filing false documents. John Eastman, of course, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, solicitation of a public officer to violate their oath, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, two counts, Conspiracy to commit false statements and writings to counts. Conspiracy to commit filing false documentation. And of course, filing false documents. Scott Hall, not that Scott Hall, a different Scott Hall. Violation of the Georgia RICO Act. Conspiracy to commit election fraud to counts. Conspiracy to commit computer theft. Conspiracy to commit computer trespass. Conspiracy to commit computer invasion of privacy. And conspiracy to defraud the state. Harrison Floyd, who is who's in custody, who, if you guys are familiar, is head of the Black Voices for Republicans. So he was a staunch Trump supporter. He as he is in custody. He has not bonded out, which is interesting. Violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to commit solicitation of false statements and writings, and influencing witnesses. Mark Meadows. Violation of the Georgia RICO Act, solicitation of a public officer to violate their oath. Travian Cuddy, I believe I'm saying this young lady's name right. Her bond has been set, but I do not believe she's been bonded out of jail. So violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to commit solicitation of false statements and writings, and via influencing witnesses. It is also noted that she, I believe, was a follower of Kanye West, if I'm not mistaken. So there's that to consider. Um, Sean Still bonded out violation of the Georgia RICO Act, impersonating a public officer, forgery in the first degree, two counts, false statements and writings, two counts, can criminal attempt to commit filing false documentation. Jeffrey Clark, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, criminal attempt to commit false statements and writings. Michael Roman, Violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, two counts, conspiracy to, co to commit false statements and writings, two counts, conspiracy to commit filing false documentation. Misty Ham Hampton, who bonding bond has been set, I, but I do not believe she has bonded out of jail just yet. 
violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to commit election fraud, two counts, conspiracy to commit computer theft, conspiracy to commit computer trespass, conspiracy to commit computer invasion of privacy, and conspiracy to defraud the state. Stephen Cliffguard Lee, violation of the Georgia racketeering, yeah, the, violation of the Georgia, Georgia RICO Act, criminal attempt to commit in, influencing witnesses, two counts, conspiracy to commit solicitation of false statements and writings, and influencing witnesses. And finally, of course, no, not finally, my mistake, Robert Cheely, uh, conspiracy, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, two counts, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, two counts, conspiracy to commit false, filing false documents, solicitation of, to a, of a public officer to violate their oath, false statements and writings, and perjury. And of course, last but not least, y'all's boy, President Don, former President Donald Trump, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, solicitation of a public officer to violate their oath, three counts, conspiracy to impersonate a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, two counts, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, two counts, conspiracy to commit filing false documentation, fi filing false documents and false statements and writings, two counts. All in all, these are 19 individuals who have been charged with violation of the RICO Act. As you can, as you heard from everything I just read, a lot of them are charged with a lot of the same offenses. Now, I know many of us have been laughing at the mugshots, most particularly Donald Trump's mugshots. I know it's hilarious, it's all in good fun, at least for people like me, but at the same time, I would not in the slightest be surprised if he walks. Everybody else will most likely get jail time, but I wouldn't be surprised if he walks. Now, there is a possibility that that won't happen at all. A lot of these people had high positions in government and they would like to salvage their careers some way, somehow. So, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, if there's gonna be a lot of singing. I guarantee a lot of people are going to be singing, diming Trump out just to save their own skin. I wouldn't put a past Trump insult to start diming a lot of people out to save his own skin as well. You know, the biggest question now is whether or not he he will run, which he most likely still won, but will he be able to run? Now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but a list of charges this long in hindsight should disqualify you from running for public office. I know that would be the case for any other person running for any type of office, but to hold the highest office in the land, which is President of the United States, a list of charges this long with that many co-conspirators with you, I don't see how this is possible. Maybe some of you guys can educate me a little bit more on the subject, but I don't see how it is possible for an individual such as him to ever even hope to stand a chance of being chosen for re-election. I know the Republican debates have already started. I haven't watched them, but I've seen a couple of highlights and clips from them. And if I'm gonna be honest with you, none of those guys standing up there is fit to even shine the president's shoes, let alone be president of the United States. I know a lot of people have been touting Ron DeSantis as a possible frontrunner, but what he's done with Florida is criminal within itself. And to have an individual like that come in and, and perhaps try to do that on a grand scale for the entire United States is just unthinkable and unconstitutional. So I don't see him in, I don't see him making it to becoming the lead nominee for the Republican um for the Republican um side of the aisle. Um a lot of the other names I couldn't really name right now off the top of my head. Like I would have to go back and actually sit and watch it, which I just may do at some point this week to get better familiar with some of these guys. But there's a lot of people vying for the Republican nomination. There had to have been at least 
seven or eight people up there for the Republican debates. So it's going to be very interesting to see where the rest of this goes. I think most of us are definitely a lot more interested in the RICO case with Trump and those eighteen other individuals. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, one individual that I've really been paying a lot of attention to is Roger Stone, who is a who is apparently Trump's handler. Um, judging from the way he's been talking lately, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he sells Trump out somehow to save his own skin too. It's it's going to be very interesting, guys. The next few months to a year are going to be very interesting, and all we can do is just sit and see how it's all going to play out. But those are the charges brought up against the 19 individuals, and who knows what's going to happen as time goes on. And in any case, you guys, let me know what you think about this case. You know, both sides of the aisle, whether you're left-leaning or right-leaning, what do you think? I know there's a lot of people out there who are Trump supporters that are going to defend him to their dying breath. I would never defend any political figure with that much energy. That's just me. But there's some people out there that are just diehard for Trump. So let's see how long that energy is going to keep going, how long they plan on keeping that same energy. But let me know what you think, and maybe we can keep that discussion going. Uh, now to turn to some somber news. This week, this week has been interesting as far as politics is concerned, but it's been definitely heartbreaking in the world of celebrities. Um, as of yesterday, we lost four celebrities this, this week. Um, I'll probably touch on the other two more probably the next very next podcast or sometime later on in the week but you know this past Wednesday we lost the hardcore legendary funk um who had been sick for some time um he passed away in the hospital um he was born June 30th 1944 again again he passed August 23rd which was this past Wednesday um if you guys are like me who are pretty substantial fans of um, wrestling entertainment then you definitely know who Terry Funk is who's been in a number of promotions you know he started out with a promotion from with his father that, that his father created and he jumped to many different promotions you know he was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion you know he was in All Japan Pro Wrestling Extreme you know he was in ECW he's one of one of the founding wrestlers in ECW um he was in WWE for a time, WCW for a time, before he even jumped to WWE. Um, Florida Georgia Championship, Stampede Wrestling. He was in he was in a lot of territories when there were territories. So he he's seen it all, he's done it all, winning a number of different championships. Um, like I said, NWA um NWA on World Heavyweight Championship, um, tag team championships um here and there and multiple um um promotions um from what i understand he he was sick for him for a time he had been diagnosed with dementia back in june 2021 but uh later on that year it was stated that by rick Flair that he was actually doing a lot better um he again of course he would pass on this past wednesday he was only 79 years old so he wasn't really 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 that old as of right now we don't know what the cause of his death is but you know, again, he's one of the pioneers of professional wrestling. You know, him along with, you know, people like Ric Flair, Bruno San Martino, um, American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, you know, you know, other character other wrestlers like that. These guys were pillars in the wrestling community. You know, like I said, Terry Funk was known as one of the hardcore legends next to um uh, Mick Foley. You know, him and Mick Foley you know, teamed up together as Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie for a time in WWE before, you know, he started going by his actual name, Terry Funk. So, to have a hardcore legend, you know, pass on like that, it's kind of harsh, but, you know, I didn't really grow up with him, you know, I didn't get introduced to him until WCW and then watched him a little bit on ECW and even a little bit on WWE. So, 
But again, my heartfelt condolences go out to his family and also the wrestling community. And this goes triple for this next one I'm, I'm going to be bringing up. Um, and this one, this one probably hit me the hardest because, I mean, I know there are a lot of fans of his, but, and I could easily say that I was one of his biggest fans, but I was, I could, I can, I would say right now that I was one of his biggest fans. Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda, who all of us know as Bray Wyatt, suddenly passed away on Thursday, um, August 24, 2023. He was born May 23, 1987. He's three years younger than me. I was born in 1984. You know, I'm, I'm 39. He was 30, He was 36 years old. He was young. Um, many of us are aware that beginning early this year, he had taken time off from WWE because he had been dealing with some health issues. He had his he had his match, well his return match at the Warrior Rumble against LA Knight and the um uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which was interesting. Um, but then after that, he took some time off because he was dealing with an illness that was life threatening and career threatening. Um, so during this time he was doing what he can to get better um, we did find out later on that his health condition was exacerbated by catching COVID he caught COVID earlier this year um, so that kind of exasperated um, his heart to a degree um, but all signs pointed to him being real close to making a comeback real soon I mean I wouldn't have been surprised that he would have probably came back around the Royal Rumble possibly next year but then Thursday out of nowhere he had a heart attack and he and he just passed away uh, it was Triple H who broke the news on Twitter after receiving a call from his father Mike, Mike Rotenda who most of us would know as IRS or Mike Wall Street um, he broke the news on X saying that you know he had unexpectedly had a heart attack and passed away and I know it not only hit the general wrestling community, but I know it hit the internet wrestling community a great deal. I mean, it was my boy Stefan who shared it on Facebook, and I just looked at it, and I was like, you have got to be joking. And then I looked it up, and I was like, "You, this, this is just crazy. Like, we, li we really haven't seen him since January. So we figured it'll... Like I said, I probably I figured he probably wouldn't have been making a comeback until maybe sometime towards the end of the year, maybe beginning of 2024, Warrior Rumble or something like that. But, you know, just to give an idea, you know, when the Rotunda, you know, he comes from a he comes from a history of um wrestlers. Um his grandfather, um Blackjack um Mulligan. Um, his father, Mike Rotunda, he had his brother, Bo Dallas, who was also a wrestler in WWE for a while. Um, he, uh, his uncles, um, Barry Windham, which is where he got his first name from, Barry Windham. And, of course, you know, another mulligan. Um, WWE was the only promotion that he ever wrestled in. Um, we've, uh, we first, I mean, at least me, I got first introduced to, you know, Windham Rotunda when he was Husky Harris. And this is when, you know, they had transitioned um, WWE's previous developmental program into NXT. You know, um, so when once NXT became a thing, you know, this was, of course, after we had the Tough Enough program, which would crown someone with a WWE contract. I believe they only did that two times, if I'm not mistaken. I remember watching the first Tough Enough. Um, I think, no, they did it a couple times because I know Al Snow was the league coach in the first Tough Enough. And then they brought it back again when Stoke Cold Steve Austin was the host of Tough Enough. But I do remember Tough Enough being a big deal. And Husky Harris made his actual appearance on the main roster as part of the Nexus faction, which was created by um, Wade Barrett. Uh, the Nexus faction was a group of um, um, talent that came from NXT. I believe the only one who got a contract may have been Wade Barrett, but the other ones felt slighted, so they created the storyline where all those guys who felt slighted from getting snubbed during the NXT 
came to the main roster and he formed the Nexus, fa Nexus faction. And it was consisted of, um, I know there's, I remember a couple people in it, you know, Daniel Bryan was one of them, but then he got suddenly let go, only to later come back. Heath Slater, David Otunga, um, Ryback, um, Justin Gabriel, um, Tarver, there was a, there, it was like, it, was, it had to have been like about eight of them. Husky Harris was another one. But after a while, Husky Harris wasn't part of the group anymore. Um, each week they would do a thing where um, Wade Barrett would, you know, kick out certain members of the Nexus for not pulling their weight. So, of course, you know, Husky Harris would go right back to um, NXT. And this is where he started working on the character which we all know and love as Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt touted himself as being like a... The best way to put the character of Bray Wyatt is like a swamp man, you know, cult leader, you know. Uh, you could tell he definitely took cues from characters such as like Max Cady from Cape Fear. Um, many of many people have considered him to be like almost like a reincarnation or reinvention of the character Wayland Mercy. Wayland Mercy was a character back in the mid nineties in um, WWE who kind of modeled himself after Max Katie from Cape Fear. So, if you look at the natural evolution of things, you would have Max Katie from Cape Fear, Waylon Mercy, and then of course Bray Wyatt. Um, while, you know, Bray was a great worker, he was much better at storytelling. That was probably one of the biggest selling points for Bray Wyatt was the fact that his promo work was almost unmatched because he had a way of just pulling you in you know while down working in nxt um he would also of course bring in um john huber who would become known as luke harper as part of the um and um um eric eric rowan if i'm not mistaken and they would become the fashion known as the wyatt family they were a three-man team that dominated a good portion of NXT, but then when they finally got called up to the main roster, they made their statement, they made a strong statement by taking out Kane. <laughs> Bray Wyatt would go on to have some of the best, I mean, obviously the promo work is top notch, he would have some of the best promos, but have some of the best feuds as well. Um, this is also around the same time where The Shield was called up to the main roster, of course. They were also an NXT they were a group of NXTers that came up to the main roster. Of course, Roman Reigns, um, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. They had probably been on the roster, main roster, for maybe either almost half a year or almost a full year before the Wyatt family debuted on the main roster. Uh, and I can definitely tell you one of the greatest highlights of wrestling around 2013, 2014, was the faction war between the Wyatt family and The Shield. Um, this is around the time where the Shield had become healed because at first they came in as pretty much henchmen for the Authority, and they were working with them as like you know their guard dogs and such. They initially first came in to work as bodyguards for um, CM Punk, who was aligned with Paul Heyman at the time, but eventually they would move on to being the henchmen for the um, Authority. They, of course, would defect from the authority and be warring against them. But sometime after that, they would, they would move into a war with... It was either before or after that they had their faction war with the Wyatt family. And let me tell you, it was like the stuff out of comic books. Honestly, the faction war between the Wyatt family and the S.H.I.E.L.D. was literally like the stuff of comic books. Here you have the S.H.I.E.L.D., which you are like... Again, they call themselves the Hounds of Justice. So, essentially, they are faces. And then you have this cult in the Wyatt family who are, you know, backwoods cultists, you know, trying to assimilate everyone to become a part of the family. And just, and, and, I, and I will say that <clears throat> while the S.H.I.E.L.D. were good during this, Bray Wyatt's promo work is essentially what sold this war. His promo work against them was fantastic. And... No one can argue that Bray Wyatt's promo work is probably one of the highlights of his career because they just let him be creative. <laughs> and 
it's 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 so funny to me because I've always said that if they ever let if they had ever let Bray Wyatt into Hollywood, he would kick ass. Like he he would his character of Bray Wyatt himself and the Wyatt family lends itself would lend itself to be a great horror movie. It'd be an awesome horror movie, and they, even the matches where they would have matches at the Wyatt family compound. Um, you know, those were then that was kind of the start of the cinematic matches that WWE did for a time. They really leaned to it, leaned into it during the pandemic when you know they didn't have crowds, so they had to kind of supplement certain matches in certain ways. You know, that was, of course, the um, you know, the um, f f matches at the um, Wyatt family compound. Um, the Boneyard match, of course, you know, later on when, um, Bray Wyatt's character changed, you would have the Firefly Funhouse match, which also leads me into his next iteration, which was, you know, the Firefly Funhouse, which had Bray Wyatt, where he turned himself into, like, a Mr. Rogers type of character, but he also had a flip side to that, which was The Fiend, who kind of reminds you of, like, a demonic Joker. Even that was great. Um... He eventually, you know, he didn't really have the Wyatt family anymore. It was around this time where the Wyatt family disbanded because up to a point it became, you know, him as a leader. Then you had Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, and then Braun Strowman would come in as the Black Sheep. So it was a four-man team. And they dominated for a while. Uh, then, of course, once the um, Wyatt family broke up, you know, that's when he would become his newest iteration, which would become the Fiend in the Firefly Funhouse, which of course, was another fantastic thing to watch week in and week out. You know, uh, some of the best feuds he had was with John Cena, Randy Orton. You know, when Matt and the, when the Hardys came back and Vince McMahon finally let Matt Hardy use the um, broken character, but in a sense, they called it the Woken character. It was interesting to see, which, and it's funny because before that, a lot of us would say that we would love to see Broken Matt Hardy go up against Bray Wyatt. And lo and behold, we did. We got the ultimate deletion match, which took place at the Wyatt family compound. If I'm not mistaken, it took place... No, I don't think it took... I think it took place at uh, the Hardy... The Hardy house or something like that. I think that's... I mean, it's been a while. This, this We're talking about back to 20... From 2013 all the way up until like 2016, 17 is when all this took place. But, um... It was, um, he had some of the greatest, greatest matches, but like I said, he was a great worker in the ring. You know, like, there's definitely nothing that can be said about his in-ring work. He was fantastic. He was a great performer, but his promo work and his ability to tell, toys, tell stories was great. After a while, they started working an angle where he was essentially kind of infiltrating himself into Alexa Bliss's head. You know, she would see markings and then yes you know he would stalk her but he wouldn't hurt her and then eventually it came to a point where Alexa Bliss kind of became Bray Wyatt's Harley Quinn um so that that was interesting to see because before that you know there were talks about adding more people to the Wyatt family they were looking at bringing in a girl and I believe Summer Rae was even tapped to be to be a part of the Wyatt family but that just never came to fruition and it was just it is just interesting to watch everything unfold, you know, with Bray Wyatt. You know, he he was let go from the company um, for, I believe, at some point in the mid part, maybe in the mid part of, no, maybe not the mid of 2021, maybe early 2021, he was like, he was, no, yeah, early early 2022 um, he may have been let go like this is and this is around the time where WWE was doing like massive firings they were just letting people go left or right and when 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 Bray Wyatt was let go I was a lot of us were so disappointed we were so disappointed that Vince McMahon would let him go a talent like him to just th go to waste it, it, it was it was ridiculous but luckily after after Vinnie Mac had his situation, and then Triple H took over creative, he brought him back along with others. Um, and, you know, Bray Wyatt would come back at Extreme Rules 2022, 
and this is where he introduced his newest character we didn't really have a name but he was able to work that you know and this is kind of where we started to, i guess at least kayfabe started to see the real side of bray wyatt you know he had the character of uncle howdy who was still kind of stalking him but you know it was then where he entered into a program with la knight and you know that culminated in, in the pitch black match at on the world rebel 2023 um like i said a lot of the matches that he had were fantastic. His match with Matt Hardy. Again, the Firefly Funhouse match with with John Cena might have been the best one. I think that might have been his best match. Cinematic-wise, that might have been his best match because the storytelling in that was phenomenal. You know, it was almost like, excuse me, a travel back in time, you know, where John Cena had to relive all the personas that he engaged with, you know, his ruthless, his ruthless aggression persona. The Doctor of Thugonomic persona. Even a hypothetical persona where what if John Cena was part of the NWO? With Bray Wyatt kind of acting like the um, Eric Bischoff. Um, it, it, it's, it's you know, going back and just thinking about all that stuff is great. I believe on Peacock they have uh, a playlist of Bray Wyatt's greatest moments. I unfortunately don't have Peacock anymore, so I can't watch it, but I can always watch it on YouTube. But, you know, not even just the wrestler, but just the man himself. You know, everyone talked about how much they loved and how much of a good guy Bray Wyatt was, you know, while he was around. You know, everyone was heartbroken by it. You know, Luke Harper even came back, you know. I mean, excuse me, Eric Rovin even came back to WWE to help them you know, celebrate the life of Bray Wyatt. Um, SmackDown did a um, celebration for both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. And I didn't catch it in the beginning, but I did catch the, um, you know, acknowledgments in the beginning. You know, I did, match, I did watch the rest of the show. Um, LA Knight's, you know, tribute to Bray Wyatt was not only fitting, but it fitting with his character, but also very respectful. And... You could tell that um, L.A. Knight was hurt about what happened because that was his first major opponent, you know, since coming up to the main roster. Um, the way that um, SmackDown ended with the, with just, you know, his lantern sitting in the middle of a ring and on the, I guess it's still kind of the Triton Tron, you know, just the visage of Bray Wyatt standing in the ring and everyone lighting their fireflies throughout the ring was was a great way to send out Bray Wyatt um it should also be noted I, mean, I don't know if many of you know this but it should also be noted that um you know Roman Reigns wasn't on Smackdown he wasn't on Smackdown Friday night but what I from what I understand he traveled to um Bray's family's home and he presented them with the blue universal championship as you guys are if you're not aware Right now, Roman Reigns is still the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. He was awarded a new belt. What are we in? We're in August, right? So that might have been June. Yeah, it was June that he was awarded a brand new WWE Undisputed Universal Championship belt. Which kind of falls in line with the old WWE titles, which is where the strap is black, but the actual piece is gold. And this is where they changed all the other titles up, you know, so pretty much anyone on SmackDown, that's what they have, you know, um, I believe EO Sky, who is the um, SmackDown Women's Champion, she has a belt style with a style similar to um, Roman Reigns, and of course, you know, Seth Rollins has the um, WWE World Heavyweight Champion, such as um, Rhea Ripley, who has the Raw Women's Championship. So each, each brand has its own style belt, which makes sense. But, you know, from what I understand, that's what Roman Reigns did. He traveled to um, Bray, um, Bray Wyatt's family's home and presented it because um, Bray Wyatt was the first one to actually have the blue Universal Championship. He's the first one to debut it. You know, after winning the Universal Championship, um, he took it back to SmackDown because he was on SmackDown at the time and he unveiled the blue one. So he was the first one to have the inaugural blue Universal Championship belt. <laughs> So it, it it was it was it was right. It was only right for Roman Reigns to do that. So 
Um, I can understand him not being at SmackDown for that, but um, I mean, if it were me, I probably I probably would have done like other wrestlers, like like when John Cena, you know, left the WWE Championship in the middle of the ring for Eddie Guerrero went during his tribute show. I probably would have done something similar to that. I would have, you know, taken the blue Universal Championship and just lay it down in the middle of the ring in front of the lantern. That's probably what I would have done. You know, just to send off Bray Wyatt. Um, but um, he is survived by his dad, of course, Mike Rotunda, his brother, um, Bo Dallas. Um, I can't imagine what they're going through right now because it was sudden. Um, his fiance, Jojo Offerman. Um, you guys remember um, him and Offerman got together um, quite some time ago. Um, he also has four kids. He has two from his previous wife. And then he has a two with Jojo Offerman. Um, he has so he has three girls and a boy, and it, it's it's rough. It's it's just rough because he was he he was an extremely extremely talented performer, and who knows where his career would have taken him as far as wrestling is concerned. And I still I still hold that if given a chance, if they had let him do movies. He would have taken off. He definitely would have taken off. And I know the debate right now is still going on is who is the better wrestler turned actor. Hands down is Batista. Let me just go go out and say that right now, just to um, digress for a little bit. The hands down the best actor, best wrestler turned actor is Dave Batista, w without question. Cena is almost there. Cena's almost there. Um, the Rock. He started out that way with some of the roles he was getting, you know, the rundown, um, gridiron gang, um, uh, snitch, which I still have to watch all of snitch. Um, even, um, even a show that he was on ballers, ballers was a good one. Southland tales, which I haven't watched yet, but I know that was a good one. Also pain and game with Mark Wahlberg, but some, somewhere, he just started trying to go the blockbuster route. You know, he became part of the Fast and Furious family. Um, and then he started doing all these other things. But, you know, Dwayne Johnson had started out that way, but just kind of fell back. He, he, I think he just fully focused on being into the blockbuster route. Um, but definitely hands down, Dave Bautista is the best act, wrestler turned actor because he's really in it for the craft. John Cena is starting to get there. Bray Wyatt would have definitely killed in the horror movie psychological thriller scene. He would have killed it. Maybe if he not, maybe if he created his own series, like if he had created a YouTube channel with just things like that, it would have been, it would have been phenomenal. But we're gonna miss Terry Funk, and we're definitely gonna miss Bray Wyatt. It's, you know, I mean, just thinking back. Thinking back to when Eddie Guerrero passed away, it was the same thing. You know, when Eddie Guerrero passed away, it was just felt all over the place. Not even just the wrestling world, but just all over because of what he went through. <laughs> what he went through to stay on, stay on the straight and narrow. And then just with Bray, I mean, Eddie Guerrero was 38 when he passed away. Bray Wyatt was 36. So again, these guys were young. These guys were really young passing away. So it's just like, you know, who knows what will happen in the future, um, but I applaud WWE for stopping everything, halting everything cur current thing that they had going on and putting on that tribute show because it's been a while since we did the tribute show, which is for good reason because, you know, but, you know, much love to Bray Wyatt's family. You know, I know they're all hurting right now. Much love to Terry Funk's family because I know they're all going through it. Much love to the wrestling community because I know everyone's going through it right now. Um, you know, before I officially sign off in this, you know, and then I, wanna, I just want to say rest in peace to Bob Barker. He passed away yesterday at the age of 99. Uh, and of course, um, rest in peace to Arlene Sorkin, the original voice of Harley Quinn. She's She really is the first. Harley Quinn. She passed away yesterday at the age of 69. 
if I'm not mistaken. I believe she was 69. Yeah, so they usually say death comes in threes, but this came in four. This, this was, we, we got hit hard, guys. We got really hit really hard this week, so I don't know. It, it, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's a wild week. It's a wild week. I mean, not that just has anything to do with it, but I, I actually have to get my phone screen fixed, too, so there's that I got to deal with. But that's neither here nor there. In any case, that'll do it. That'll do it for me for this episode of the pod. I know it wasn't that long, but there wasn't really a lot I needed to talk about. I just wanted to share my thoughts about, you know, you know, Terry Funk and Bray passing on, as well as the indictment. You know, I think a lot of us are going to be keeping our eyes and ears close on what's going to unfold with this thing, because as far as it stands, this month is over. We got one, we got only we got one more week in this month. We got like four, three more days left in this month. We got three or four more days left in this month. And then it's September. And then you know, September, October, November, December, they fly by quickly. So before you know it, it'll be 2024. And then people will be gearing up for the election. So it's going to be very interesting to see where the rest of this thing plays out. In any case, feel free to hit me up in the comment section. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram. Um, I'm still going back on what I'm going to be keeping X. I barely use it. But be sure to hit me on Instagram, Facebook. Wherever you are listening and watching this, this of course, we up on podcast streaming services as well. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. I'm out. Peace.